0: Welcome back to the D1 Softball Podcast. Jenna Becerra and Amanda Lorenz here with you. Today's episode is brought to us by our friends at S2 Cognition. S2 Cognition delivers a revolutionary approach to helping athletes understand how in game decisions impact their performance from the youth levels all the way to the pros. I don't know about you, Amanda, but I'm pretty excited about today's lineup. I am
1: fired up.
0: <laughs> so, first, we'll talk about some top 25 rankings, do a marinata recap. Then an interview with the Nigerian Kennedy from Stanford and wrap things up with plays of the week and the win and whiff of the week. So why don't we start with our top 25 rankings? Some things moved a lot. Other things stayed the same this week. So like looking at the top 25, you know, OU still at number one, Texas Still at number two. You can see LSU has really surged up there at number three. And Virginia Tech re-enters. They tied at number 18. A lot of shifting around. And I would say it's just getting harder and harder, frankly, to <laughs> submit votes to rank the top 25. Like, what were your sort of immediate reactions, Amanda?
1: My immediate reaction is is LSU shooting up to um to number three. Um that's that's crazy um and super exciting i know that you know the rankings don't mean a lot but also when when you're working hard it's it's some good validation to feel like you've been seen but also doesn't mean anything until the end so i'm sure i'm sure that squad is being told this week hey it's it's just a number and and doesn't mean anything about the goals that we have but um but pretty cool for them
0: yeah it's amazing how how important that mental side is. Like, I feel like I hear coaches constantly say like, absolutely take confidence from it when, when that works for you, but like also ignore any negativity. Right. So it's like, you have to be selective as a player, as a team, when you look at those kinds of things. That's so interesting. Yeah. Also, I tweeted this week that I don't know what's harder. I asked Twitter, like what's harder ranking the top 25 or climbing Mount Everest 88% of people said ranking the top 25 was harder, just so everyone (laughs) understands what we have on our plates here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like it's so difficult, especially after like the top five. That seems really difficult. Yeah,
0: it is. It definitely is. And uh, understandably, because of that, we have some questions from you all that we will get into. So the first one is, from Facebook, how is Texas still number two? Interesting.
1: Um, yeah. My my rebuttal question would be who else would be number two? Um, their one loss, correct, is to Stanford yeah. with Nigeria Kennedy on the mound. So um, I don't feel like that is a bad loss at all. And they still have... Sh- I still believe that they are the second best team in the country um, right now i think that it was a really good game they didn't get blown out they competed i mean i think that they still have all the pieces and will definitely compete with oklahoma i i don't see how they wouldn't still be number two um, after the weekend that they had
0: i agree with you i had them at number two still because you're right it's their only loss it's a highly ranked stanford team with niger kennedy They're coming off the Women's College World Series. It was extra innings, that game, to your point. Like, it's not like they got blown out. And they also beat Stanford in Clearwater. So they split with them. Um, So to me, one loss, you know, it's – I know we're used to seeing Oklahoma up there with, like, no losses and just one loss last year. But it's it's nothing to freak out about. And then you see, like, a Reese Atwood. You know, she's our D1 Softball National Player of the Week. She went 11 for 17 with five home runs and 16 RBIs. This weekend and that's just one of you know the star talent that we have in our back pocket when we're watching texas
1: absolutely just so well-rounded i mean we can they can pitch they can hit and play defense i mean there's i don't feel like there's much argument why they shouldn't be number two personally
0: yeah agreed so the next one kind of gets more into our thought process with this would you say a win versus a top five or ten opponent has more or less value than a loss to a non-top twenty-five opponent. What's your gut reaction, Amanda?
1: I think this example helps us a little bit talking about how yeah. Fullerton getting a big win versus UCLA, um, taking some unexpected losses, or a team like Sanford having a roller coaster first couple weeks. Um, gosh, I, I think that's really hard. I think it plays more like we see more of this mattering in rpi and to the committee when postseason is is the field is kind of chosen at the end of the year i think that um the loss to a top a non-top 25 opponent um is probably worse than than a even a loss to a top five or ten opponent um just with what it does for your rpi and how the committee views that if it's a really bad loss that does that does not look good for you, whether and your strength of schedule and you playing a top five, top 10 team, you lose, that still might boost you up with, with RPI. So I think that I think of it more in that realm of like, what, what is the committee looking at and what do they want to see? So I think that the, the loss to a non top 25 opponent, um, is probably worse in my opinion.
0: Yeah. I think a win versus a top five or 10 team is obviously always going to be impressive. Like to me, it's like my, my immediate answer wants to be, it depends. Right. Which is kind of an (laughs) annoying response, but what it depends on in, in my view is the quality, right? Like the quality of the opponent, because there are plenty of non top 25 teams that are still strong teams. They're either receiving votes, They fought ranked teams really well, or they were in the poll at one point. And and that's for a reason, right? Like San Diego State, Nebraska, and then UCF's one to keep an eye on, for example. Like, I think those types of losses aren't quote-unquote bad losses, even though they're not ranked. And if you look at the examples that were brought up here, Stanford's only lost to ranked teams, for example, like Kentucky a couple times, Florida State, and Texas. But they also beat Tennessee-Texas and then at the time a ranked San Diego state team then you look at UCLA i know people are like well they're 7 and 5 you know how are they in the ranking still but they've also only lost to ranked teams texas oklahoma state georgia and baylor and they've also beaten tennessee florida state and a northwestern that was ranked at the time too so it's it's like you have to look at the whole picture you can't just isolate individual games in my opinion in that way and this is the hardest time of year to figure this out too. I feel like once there's more of a body of work to your point, Amanda, like it's so early, it really matters more towards the end and like looking at conference, that'll be huge for teams going into you know, the selection show. All right, last one. Why was Alabama ranked 12th despite their strength of schedule being so poor? This is from Twitter. I have some thoughts, but do you wanna you <laughs> jump go in? ahead? I just think um, I'll be honest, firstly, because of this exact reason, I had Alabama lower on my top 25 when I submitted it because they have not played a top 25 team. I mean, they're number 12 in our rankings this week. But I think once they start playing ranked teams, like if they have success, that's great. I can see that. But I think it's unproven until it's proven. If that makes sense. And I'm not saying they're not capable of it. Like Alabama fans, don't come at me. It's not that. It's just we need to see it actually play out. In my thoughts, right now. Yeah. Those that, same. Yeah. It's there's still so much to see this season. Really, overall. Honestly. It's so
1: hard to talk about the rankings so early on.
0: Yeah. And I feel like even teams like the quality of the games even matter, right? Like not just the result, but it's like if someone if a team makes a ton of errors, or if their defense falls apart, or if their offense is just so out of whack, or whatever it is like, that kind of like you have to give it the eye test also. Um, And at this point, you said it, it's like, if we're looking at strength of schedule, well, Alabama hasn't played anyone ranked yet. So they've done what they quote unquote should do by being undefeated. But like, let's see what happens moving forward. Cause there's so much season left. Exactly. Yeah. Oof, quite the top 25 chat. I feel like it could have gone in so many different directions, but we do have a recap of the weekend, especially from Mary Nutter coming up for you. I want to know your thoughts Amanda from kind of viewing it right we have two different perspectives like I was there on site on the ground you were viewing it as a fan loving it I'm sure from home yes. what was your sort of takeaway from Oh my
1: first takeaway is um I'm kind of on the Mississippi state uh bandwagon right now. I think that they're really competing. I know that they were competing really hard with OU, especially through the first um couple innings. Um, exciting to see what Coach Ricketts has done um with them. They had a huge um win against Clemson last weekend. Um, so yeah, I was I was excited um about them and the way that they competed against Oklahoma. And then I mean, just it, there was so much good content, so many fans. There, which is just so cool. Loved all the videos that D1 Softball was putting out with both you and Paige, um, with some awesome interviews. And then um the UCLA game versus Tennessee was crazy. And dang did UCLA need it. Um, how awesome for that group just to kind of be reminded of what they're capable of and and who they're able to beat because they have a very, very talented roster. So um those are probably the top two things that stuck out to me, but obviously. Being there and being on the ground is a little bit different and getting all that yummy food truck food and and being right in there with the fans. So I'm excited to hear about the takeaways that you have.
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, this was a tournament that both of us have played in during our our time in college softball. And the atmosphere was it was almost like it was the same, just like dialed up more. You know, Mm -hmm. it was. the same in terms of like the fields felt the same and and those types of things, but there were so many more people. There's so many fans. There were booths. You know, we um, partnered with Players Collective um, at their booth that was out in the outfield, you know, on Wrigley Field and got to see a lot of folks come there in terms of even, you know, pros who are in the game still like Rachel Garcia, Leah Andrews were giving autographs. And one of my favorite things I think was seeing, Those young travel ball girls just be so excited waiting to get autographs from the current teams from those pros and even seeing a lot of travel teams where it's like they were around when I played travel ball and they're just like still at it and they've only grown bigger like a Corona Angels, the Athletics, the Bat Busters, Power Surge, Firecrackers, like they're still all there and it's only growing more and more. Like I think I even tweeted this. I felt like it was like there are a few things that are certain in life. It's death, taxes and the growth of softball is like how it felt at Mary Nutter. So <laughs> cute. And you said it too, the interviews, uh, it was so awesome having Paige Halstead, um, 2019 National Champion uh, Battery Mates with Rachel Garcia. She was behind the plate for that whole thing. And she was awesome to work with. There were plenty of people coming up to her. It reminded me of you, Amanda, actually, in Clearwater, <laughs> like where all the little ones are coming up asking for autographs. Like they were doing that to Paige too.
1: So cool. She, she did a great job. How does it feel
0: being on that side of it? Like, you know, you were that little kid at one point, but then.
1: Oh, like it's everything. I mean, I was one of the young ones going to the Palm Springs, you know, to watch all of these teams. And I remember they just seemed so cool. Like those college softball players to me just seemed like the coolest people. And they are, but seemed like the coolest people of all time. I just couldn't believe that they were playing softball on this stage and i wanted so badly to be in their shoes one day and um when you get there and and you're looking at all these young girls wanting your autograph and there and with these big eyes like dreaming of being there and gosh it's so cool and i think that's why that's one of my favorite things about our sport is like we are so accessible to these young ones and want the sport to grow so much that it's like we're almost an open book in a way of like these are the tools these are the tools and it's hard and it's a long road and if you but if you want it you can do it um and so it's just so cool to have that like face-to-face and there's not a lot of stands there's not a lot of seating there so it's like you don't almost don't have a choice but to be super personal um so at times like know as our sport continues to grow with the with the oklahomas and and you know it it honestly is a little scary at times for for those high profile college athletes of just you know the safety part of it um i remember there was people like even during my time like random people could just get in our dugout and it was like okay this is this is getting a little bit much where where this this is a really amazing place but also like there needs to be a little bit of a boundary as well and i'm not talking about the the little kids obviously but there's a lot there's a wide range of softball fans that are there you know and it's the best and almost the worst thing too just we give so much access but also you know there needs to be some some boundaries when it comes down to it but so cool i remember so many dreams being formed just from watching all of these programs and i think that was actually the first time that i watched florida in person um, play yeah just just so cool. Love watching them and, and grow the sport. See,
0: like that even turned into something super tangible. Like we just want little girls to be able to dream, right? But in your case, it was like, look how that actually literally translated into your life. Like that is yeah. so cool that that's how it worked out. That's awesome. And you're so right too. Like uh, I- was sitting with Paige and we were actually sitting watching one of the UCLA games and uh, Megan Framo came in to sit and watch. Cause she's obviously cheering for the Bruins. So many people came up to her asking for photos and autographs. And she, she wanted to give that to everyone because it means a lot to her, right? Exactly. Like what you're saying. But at one point security actually had to be like, okay guys, let's wait till later. You know, she's trying to watch the game. And so even though she was like, I'll still do it, you know, I, I yeah. I'll still, I'll still do it but there's so many people like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Megan is amazing. She would never let a little girl leave without getting her autograph if she wanted it. But, um, also it can be distracting for the people that paid, paid the money for the certain seats. And if there's people coming up and, and, you know, there's always a time and place though. And just so cool. No, no professional softball player or college softball player that I know will ever say no to an autograph. Um, unless it's like, we're on the field and it has to be after a game so just the right timing but but when it's the right timing everyone is more than willing to take a photo or or autographs and just so special I mean I remember being that young like standing in line for Jenny Finch's autograph and she had like the longest line ever and she was not leaving until every single girl got her got something signed and a picture or whatever they needed and like it, it made me feel so special. So it's just so cool for these young ones to experience that too.
0: It was very similar with OU after their game. Cause oh, they sure. luckily like, yeah, the way they had it set up is, you know, afterwards the teams could autograph, there was a section for it where kids could go and wait and, it was, people were lining up in like the fourth or fifth inning of that OU oh, game. And we're like, don't you want to watch it. the game? But they're yeah. like, well, we really want their autograph, you know? Um, And, you know, Kinsey Hanson, the whole OU team were were fantastic, like with, with the little kids too. And it is something where it's been consistent in the softball community that that's the case. You're so right. So cool. On a personal note too, like even, you know, I've interviewed Megan Framo before, Rachel Garcia, some of these folks who were there. So just to run into people that, you know, as like former players. Like I'm sure if you were there, Amanda, you would have been like, couldn't have even sat down at any point because you would have been running into people left and right. But like that part of it's really cool too. I ran into my old travel ball coach, uh-huh. you know, it's, it's those little things too that make it really feel like a community when you have that kind of reunion.
1: Softball is such a small world.
0: The smallest. Yeah. Like it's growing. We keep talking about the growth, but also the smallest world at the same
1: time. Maybe. So fun.
0: And you touched on some of the competition stuff, too, in terms of the teams. I think, uh, man, it it was great competition. It was great softball to watch. I would say, like, it felt like really even just more proof that the gap between, you know, Power 5 teams and and others is smaller than ever. Like, no one was immune. Like, we saw some great softball, and and OU, I guess, you know, they go undefeated. Several teams do, of course, but no one's immune. Like, Fullerton run-ruling Tennessee LMU beat Northwestern two to nothing. Nebraska shut out Oregon. Like, there's plenty that you could list too. That just shows, you know, the the growth and the parity that is in D1 softball.
1: Yeah, I feel like just in the last couple years, but even more so this year, obviously, like we've seen parity really like come to the front of certain teams, certain smaller schools making a name for themselves and getting getting huge wins. Just speaks to how big our sport is growing and how much the talent pool is growing. Not everyone can end up at a power five school, especially the ones that want to play and get on the field. So um, we're seeing just a huge jump in in talent for our sport, which is so exciting. And coaching, like we're gonna we're better we're getting better every year at every facet of the game. There's more talent. We're getting better coaches coaches in the game and, and learning more and so much data. And it's, and it's showing with, with how these programs are competing. And it's so fun to watch. The game doesn't know, but I feel like it was so easy five years ago to predict who was going to win games. And I feel like now it's not as easy, which is so much more exciting.
0: It is. It yeah. makes... Our job with like the top 25 and you know the picks that we have every week harder but I think that's a good thing like in a good way it's a little Absolutely. bit harder for us. <laughs> you're you're definitely right about that. And the interesting thing too is just how teams responded, you know, like um Carlin Pickens from Tennessee threw a perfect game against LMU and then they beat Northwestern, right? Like to see those types of things to me is always interesting. But perfection was also a theme in your your former conference in the SEC. Olivia Miller, the freshman, the first in program history to throw two perfect games in a season from Florida. I mean, that is you got to be a proud Gator alum looking at that.
1: So proud, and and I think the thing that makes me so proud is as she is so proud to to be a Gator and 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 wear that uniform, and that just makes my heart smile, of course. Um, but so cool, and and her offense getting, I think both of them were five inning or six inning wins. Um, so not the full seven innings, but that's because of her teammate putting teammates putting up some big some big runs. But just so cool, and especially to see a freshman do that and just be so excited. I know Katie Kistler made a huge. Robbed a home run and Olivia Miller. There's a video on social of her just having the biggest smile on her face, running to give her a hug and embracing her like so pumped because she knows that she can't do those things without her teammates, but uh, just so cool. So amazing. And they have a new pitching coach in, in Chelsea Barclay. So just so cool.
0: And giving a shout out too, to Robin Heron, who also for Arkansas through the second ever perfect game in program history for the razorback. So again, perfection in the SEC was definitely a theme this weekend. We got a taste of it at the Nutter with Carlin Pickens, but we saw it throughout the country as well, which was was really cool. But speaking of of good pitching, uh, you know, someone joining the show today who I think pretty much embodies that, if if we had to to write a definition, she, her picture would be there, and that is Nigerie Kennedy. So we will head into the interview We are thrilled to have with us actually our D1 Softball National Pitcher of the Week, Nigerie Kennedy from Stanford, 17 and a third innings pitch, seven hits, given up just two earned runs and 24 strikeouts, currently near the top nationally with 68 strikeouts on the year. niger I don't even know if you knew all of that. I did not know. And thank you guys so much for having me. We're thrilled to have you, like so excited. And I think... One of the first questions that I had, actually, is everyone knows that you had the huge win over number two Texas. Everyone also knows the Niger stomp when you get fired up on the mound. But I saw a little bit of a double stomp after the Texas win this past week. Do you even think about that, or is it something that just happens?
2: No, it's just something that happens. And actually, I never... um... I never like realized how big it is until I'll like see it on Twitter the next day or something like that. And then I don't know. It's kind of weird. Cause I don't think I, I don't know. It's weird. Like seeing yourself kind of in videos and stuff like that. So yeah, I never, I never really realized I, I don't know. I like look that I look like that until um, later on. But
1: <laughs> It's amazing. It's like so passionate and you can see how fired up you are and how much you love it. So it's, it's awesome. It's Thank even better that you don't think about it. Yeah. Um, so I got to meet your parents last weekend. And we talked a little bit about how you have a brother that plays football at Cal, too. Just talk about um, growing up with a competitive sibling and someone else who obviously takes, I mean, you guys both are at amazing universities. So obviously, you're extremely bright and competitive. So just talk about growing up um, with someone like that.
2: Yes, um there's just always competitions happening like um no matter what it what it was um we need, neither one of us wanted to lose at anything. So, um uh, just growing up like that for um our whole lives we um just over a year apart. So not we're really close in age, yeah. So uh, just growing up like that um I feel like it's definitely just fueled me to um fuel me to be, be the best competitor and like strive to be the best competitor competitor I can be in college because um, like my, like I said, my whole life, I've just been um, honestly just trying to outdo my brother. So. <laughs> yeah.
0: I love it. I love it. I told your parents too. I was like, at least it's convenient that, you know, they're both in the Bay area. That makes it a little easier for them travel wise. <laughs>
2: yes, exactly. And actually, we play at Cal in a couple weeks. So they're going to come, um, come to that and yeah, they'll see him, which will be nice.
1: Um, it, is he going to be in Stanford apparel?
2: Um. Probably not. No. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Will he be in? Right, but like, will he be in Cal apparel,
0: or is he going to be neutral?
2: I don't know. I'm going to have to ask him. I honestly, I can see him showing up in Cal apparel.
1: Wow. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. That's going to add
1: extra stomps. There's going to be extra fashion. Like I'm going to show
2: you up. Yes, the sibling rivalry is. um, It's definitely um, gotten bigger since. Since for- yeah. Just because we're Cal, that's awesome.
0: <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, I'm actually going to be there. I'm going to be calling your games for Pac-12 Network, so we are going to circle back to this oh, when we yeah. get there in Berkeley. Yes. <laughs> we can see what he's wearing. Yeah, feel it'll be Zoom Stanford. Right this is this is the question of the week, obviously. But you know, I mean, you talked about it, your competitiveness, right? And I see that in the field. I've asked you before. You know, like, what is it like having a little bit of pressure? And you've said, like, I live for those moments, right? And the strength of schedule that you all have had this season already has been crazy. You know, playing for those who don't know, playing San Diego State, who was ranked at the time Kentucky to start things off, you go to Clearwater, you face Tennessee, Texas, Florida State, you go back to Texas again, play Louisiana as well. And then you're going to host Georgia and Boise State this weekend for the home opener. How do you approach that, and how does the team talk about it?
2: Yes, um we just we just know like um, this whole um, all of preseason is basically just getting ready for, um, of course, like conference play and then hopefully uh, take us into postseason. So we just look at every game um, as an opportunity to get better. and it's not about we always circle back to it's not about who's the best team um, in February or March, it's who's the best team. Um, Late of May, like early June, so we know it will go through some learning curves, obviously. And we're a pretty young team, so just trying to like learn through, learn through each game, and just um, keep improving. And hopefully, um, hopefully, and at the at the end of the season, it'll pay off.
1: Amazing. Um, going back to just your competitiveness. I kind of have a two-part question but how involved are you in the scouting process of, of looking at film and and working with your pitching coach to figure out how you're going to attack certain hitters and then actually answer that first then i'll do the second part after
2: yeah so honestly coach nyberg does a lot of that for um our pitching staff so she goes through I think like hours and hours of film and finds like hitters weaknesses and things like that. And then she'll just give us um, kind of the breakdowns of each, um, each swing, which hitters um, like have, have most home runs. And she of course writes all of that down. So honestly, with our pitching staff um, it's not too much on us just because um, coach does a really, really good job of just, um, going through all, going through um like like I said, like tons of video and everything and um just giving us kind of the notes and highlights. And then of course, um, we'll watch film on all the batters and everything. But um that's something I'm really grateful to just because like it's we we have softball and school. So of course it's hard. And then um just having someone to kind of go through film f- literally for us and just give us the notes and highlights. And I don't know, it's just one less thing we don't have to um we don't have to worry about.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, when you're going up like a Texas or a big team and going up against their best hitter, are you wanting to attack their weakness or are you run with your strengths and you roll with it? Um, where your strengths might be like, I love watching your rise ball, but this girl might be able to hit rise balls pretty well. Do you still trust yourself with that rise or do you kind of adjust based on her strengths?
2: Yes. Yeah, so, um, we actually have a model on her staff and it's, um, like your best is better, so yes. you just, you know, yeah. So um, of course, like the whole staff, we all put in work in the fall and the winters, so uh, we're all really confident in our stuff. So although we are looking at um, what the hitter has and like where um, where a lot of their hits are at, we also trust our stuff more than um, we trust our stuff the most. So we know um, we know that we can beat our staff. We know um, like we can beat any hitter through the zone. So. Um, At the end of the day, we're just going to fall back to what we're comfortable with.
1: Gosh, I love that. And I love that you answered that as like, it's your whole staff's mentality as well. Like not just you um, is that's so infectious and how fun to buy into. And I love that I wrote wrote it down in big letters like your best is better. Like I'm going to start taking that too. That's That's awesome. Love it.
2: Yes, and again, yeah, that all um just goes back to Coach Nyberg. Like she's always preached this since um honestly since day one when I got on campus. So um, just mm-hmm. knowing like you trust your stuff, and um, if they do happen to get ahead, we have an amazing defense behind us.
0: I love it. The fact that Amanda is gonna take that too, and what she's done in her career, <laughs> she's a pro, right? Like yes. don't don't sleep on that for sure. Yes. <laughs> but I also love how you constantly call out your teammates and your coaching staff. Like you just did it again. You're always like highlighting them uh, in interviews like this, but even, even during games, like the Niger stomp, you're often just pointing right at Ali Kaneshiro, your catcher, <laughs> firing her up. Right. Because of you guys are a team
2: and you guys did it together. Why is that so important to you? Um. Honestly, I would like this whole team. Like I feel like we would not be anywhere without each other. Honestly, like, I don't know i don't know how many times i've crossed up biggie and she just she makes it work i don't know how but <laughs> she usually makes me look so she makes me look so good so um i don't know just the whole team like we we just eat off of each other's energy and um actually river was saying the other day um that just the process of the texas game like win or lose like that was just a fun game to play like our energy was just high the dugout was high so Honestly, like, and I got this from her, honestly. She she literally said, like, win or lose. Like, that was just a fun game to play. And I cannot, like, I cannot agree just because the energy was so amazing.
1: What a freeing place to be in the preseason. And what, like, that just says so much about you guys and where your team is at if you are in the moment and competing and know hey win or lose like we just got better that game like we were having fun and we're getting better and no matter what yeah we want to win like we definitely don't want to lose but we know that we're getting primed for the for the games that really matter down the line uh gave me goosebumps so cool but i love that question jenna because that was rolling into mine as well like i love um especially now in the pro space i'm starting to acknowledge like how amazing catchers are and I hate that I never noticed noticed as much as much as they do before. It's such like a thankless job and the talent. I mean it's just so cool how amazing they make the pitchers look. So I wanted to know your favorite thing about your catcher Ali konishiro
2: Oh um she's just always so positive. Like oh my gosh she. Like she's literally just a ray. This is gonna sound this she's just a, like a ray of sunshine. Like I don't know, I remember my first I think it was like my first couple days. I was a freshman and I got a sign wrong. So she it was supposed to be a change up. I got a sign wrong, threw a rise ball, and it hit her. And I thought, like, of course, she was amazing catcher, and I literally I thought she hated me. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, this is like she's a junior, like she's one of the best catchers I've ever seen like my third day here I'm trying to make a good impression I just hit the star catcher like but um she wasn't mad at all like she was she said it was okay and I felt I felt so bad but you well know, she's never like I said I've crossed her up so many times I've hit her so many times just our whole catching staff's just amazing honestly like they help the pitchers out so much they keep track of pitch counts I don't know I don't know how they do it honestly but love it. they're just amazing
0: I feel like we've all had a freshman moment. I mean, I think the game doesn't know your age, right? Like, and you proved that last year with your performance as well. But, you know, we're human. I feel like that comes up. So it's nice to hear that she was like an upperclassman that, you know, wanted to help you out versus, you know, make it tougher for you already. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you guys, I think you, Allie, and even just the entire team, when I got to ride the bus with you a little bit last year, on on the bus, you guys played a game called Spotlight,
2: Yeah, which
0: I was like, when you guys first said it, I was so excited because we did that when I played there and it was something yeah. that like continued yes. and it made me so happy. I texted, you know, all my teammates immediately. But will you tell people about what Spotlight is?
2: Yes. So um, we get a pair of like headphones and then um, someone puts them on and they pick a song and only they can hear the song, but they just sing the song to the whole bus and it's just silly and fun and it's just, it's just a way to get good laughs, but it's, it's definitely funny to hear people um try to sing. And usually it's after a game where you've been yelling. So there's a lot of voice cracks and things like that, but it's definitely, it's definitely
0: fun. I don't know. Did mm-hmm. I tell you where it originated last year? I don't know if I ever did. I don't, um, I don't think so, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Alyssa Haber four time all American and Ashley Hansen, who was the national player of the year in 2011. They both had played for Team USA, and it was actually something they did with Team USA that they just brought to our team. I want to say this was in 2010. Um, So Alyssa's senior year, and then the year before, Ashley won National Player of the Year. So when I heard you guys do it over a decade later, I was so happy.
2: (laughs) I know, and none of us knew where it um, kind of originated from, but um, yeah, it's funny to see just those those traditions kind of passed down.
1: And the fun ones too, like, Yes. You're going to remember that forever. Like the things that I think about, like, I mean, I remember a lot of games, but those are my favorite moments that I miss so much. Like us just dying, laughing on the bus, doing stupid stuff. Like those memories are just the best. Those are the real ones that you miss. <laughs> um, Tell us like, what is your favorite thing outside of softball that you like to do? Like, I feel like I don't know much about you off the field. Um, so just give us a little taste of some hobbies or something that you like to do on an off day.
2: Yes. Um, honestly, I spend a lot of time with my class and we have a good, um, we have a good core friends like outside of softball too, who are um, just other athletes here at Stanford. So, um, I don't know if you guys have played like mafia, the card game. But we, um, we like to play, like, a big group of mafia and just, like, card games like that, um, just in the dorm uh, lounge or something like that. Um, I don't know. It's just something to do to kind of unwind. And if you're in between, like, homework sessions and things like that, it's just something to, something fun to do. So definitely a lot of, like, card games we do. But um, when I'm alone, I like to read, actually. I'm really into, like, fantasy and sci-fi.
1: What's your favorite book?
2: Oh, um, probably Legendborn by Tracy Dion. Which okay. I read this, yeah, I read it Um, my senior year, freshman or senior year, um, senior year of high school, freshman year of college, but she came up with a second book, actually, which, so I have to reread the first one and then go into the second one, but. So cool. Yeah.
0: I love the commitment. Very on-brand answer, too, <laughs> with, with Nerd Nation. I love yes. it. <laughs> <laughs> Also, like, off the field, maybe on game days, though. Like, what's your go-to music to listen to? What kind of pregame meal do you like to have? Those kinds of things.
2: Yeah, so actually, we get our – for home games, we get our pregame meals at Jimmy V's, which is really good. It's a lot of, like, pasta, chicken parm, things like that. Oh, they have the best smoothies, too. So (laughs) if you're ever at Stanford and you want a smoothie, go to Jimmy V's. And I get the Cardinal smoothie. It's really, really good that's the one I used to get yes. oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, so good <laughs> so but yeah we'll get pregame from there and I like to listen just to honestly a lot of music we have a diverse music taste here um so I I, I listen to a lot of different types of music but um kind of right before um the coaches come into the to the locker room and just give the starting lineup. I like to, honestly, I like to just close my eyes and do some, a little bit of like visualization just to kind of get ready for the game. So I'll just imagine myself kind of throwing it to a couple batters against other team and just give my head space right, but yeah. Awesome.
1: I love it. That's all, that's all I got for you. You got anything else, Jenna?
0: I think just because your home opener is coming up this weekend, we've gotten to see you hit a little bit more this year too. Yeah, I mean, I've seen cool. you drop some bombs in practice, even last year. Let's be honest, but we've seen you in games a little bit more this year. What's your walk-up song
2: and why? Oh, um, I'm thinking. Actually, we're I'm in the process right now. It's due tomorrow at twelve. So, okay. <laughs> so, so we get a sneak peek. Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking about. I did it for my pitching walk-up song last year, but Trophies by Drake I really like for my hitting song.
0: Yeah. Mm. That's good. It's yeah, it's really I mean. on the nose too, yeah. Trophies.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much, Nyjah. I mean, this was so fun. Um, thanks for joining me and Amanda and the D1 Softball Podcast. We'll be watching. I'll actually be there. I'll be calling your games this weekend awesome. too. So <laughs> I'll see you at the field as usual.
2: <laughs> awesome. Yes. Thank you guys so much for having me.
1: Thanks for coming, Nigel. So fun to talk to you.
0: So
2: fun talking
0: to Nija, you know, I mean, obviously as a Stanford alum, it, it's wonderful, but even just hearing your questions for her, you know, and like understanding other perspectives on it is, is really interesting for me. It's really cool.
1: Um, yeah, just so fun to talk to her. She's just so well-spoken So sweet and talks about others. I mean, what is like, what don't you like? There's nothing not to like. Like, she is just, she is so great and just such a fierce competitor with so much passion, does things the right way. I I am a huge fan. Yeah. And for those who
0: didn't see Amanda, we talked about how we met not only her parents, but we met her in Clearwater too. Amanda got to meet her for the first time and interview her too. So check that out. If you hadn't in Clearwater, we have between Clearwater and Mary Nutter actually. 24 interviews with players and coaches and you know alums pros all kinds of folks actually so there's plenty to see if you haven't seen it already fun (laughs) but you know there are a few plays I think that stood out the most to Amanda and I this is hard because there's so many great options but you know we, we gave it a try with the plays of the week So my pick was a play that I got to see in person at Mary Nutter, the Baylor Bears. It was a wonderful game against UCLA, really close, just good softball. And the third baseman, Shannon Vivota, just just take a look for yourselves. Come I was reacting probably the same as the rest of her team was (laughs) right there. Like I saw that play, right? I saw it unfold from actually I was out in the outfield um, and I was actually sitting, there were near some uh, Bruin fans who were like, wow, that was a good play. You know? And like, they don't know. You don't always do that when you're rooting for like a certain team, but they were like, even we have to give credit. That was outstanding. And as a former third baseman, I was just like, Chef's kiss doesn't get better than this. And we talk about diving plays all the time, but what about diving to throw it? Like talk about all that effort.
1: Oh my God. It was so beautiful. I, and it had, I didn't even hear her call the ball either. So like how amazing, like the pitcher knew to just like get out of the way and let, let her take it. And maybe it was softer and we just couldn't hear it on video, but just so it's so hard to do. And she was just all out effort and then, uh, the teammates reactions, just everybody being so fired up. Like, Oh, uh, I love it. Oh, so good. I just love defense so much.
0: I yeah. love it. But you had a good pick too this week, Amanda.
1: Yeah, you know, I love defense, but you know, I'm I'm rocking with the hitters always. And um, I said it earlier of just what a big win it was for UCLA to get that top five win against against Tennessee. Um, I'll let you guys see it before I before I dive deep into it. Nine age divisions. That's short. Coming home with one that is launched into right. It goes and goes and goes. The second home run for Charlize Palacios. It's the Palace of Charlize in Cathedral City. Yeah, how about um, Charlize Palacios homering not once but twice in her last Mary Netter against top five Tennessee and getting her team to win? Um, just just that squad really needed um, a win like that and they needed their seniors to step up, you know, needed, needed their hitters to lead the way. And um, what a great game for them. And, and Charlize hitting, hitting, two home runs. She said, we got this and kind of reminded them of, of how talented they are and what they're capable of. So I love that for her. She's such, she's so awesome. Such a great moment for her. And so exciting.
0: Absolutely. And honestly, I know I said this before, but it's because it's it matters to me in terms of people's response, how they make adjustments, things like that. You know, they had a tough loss against Baylor. They come back and they, they beat Tennessee. And Charlise specifically, you know, she popped up, like she didn't have the best kind of game offensively that she would have wanted to against Baylor. And then this is how she responds to it, you know, to end the weekend. So I just all the credit in the world to people who can make adjustments like that cuz that's also mental not just physical obviously. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I got to see her and her sister S- Sachelle as well after mm-hmm. the games and and they were, you know, it was so fun to see the family just so excited. I mean, that's just like a Pac-12 family in yeah. in that right, in their own right. Yes. Oh man, plays of the week are so fun. We also have Our win and whiff of the week coming up for you. This was hard to pick because so many options, but we did it. (laughs) This week's win of the week, it's it's a fun one, right? Like you mentioned it, you're on the Mississippi State train uh, right now, Amanda. And you know who else is, is actually their rally chicken. So the chicken's name is Luna. And I literally saw this chicken around Mary Nutter in the stroller, like being pushed around and everything. And, you know, I mean, Mississippi State, they got three wins out of it this weekend, and they actually reached a 1,000 program wins also. So I feel like Luna's doing her job. And shout out to the student manager, Rebecca, who's, I think, behind the whole thing.
1: I need to know, like, did Luna travel – there from Mississippi, like there's I, I need I need to know more details, but obviously it's working. I've never seen a rally chicken like a real chicken before, <laughs> so just um, so fun. But those little things to get get the team fired up and bought in is is always fun to see, and it's also awesome when the fans get to get to engage as well. Um, during my time at Florida, one of my teammates, Sophia Reno, so she got a a um, hamster. And we, we, she named her sis and she became our team mascot and we took her all the way to the college world series. We took her to, took her to Oklahoma city. And, um, I don't know that she got as much publicity as she should have, but it matters things Little things like that really matter just to help the team buy in and, and, um, have some fun with it. I know that it did so much for us and obviously it's working for Mississippi state as well.
0: Well, you said it too earlier, you know, we're talking to. Nyjah about the the fun stuff, right? On the bus in the locker room, like that's the thing that you miss the most, that you remember the most. So yeah. this is a good example. I love the hamster too, sis. Shout out to sis. Amazing. <laughs> All right, Amanda, the whiff okay. of the week.
1: Whiff. Here's mine. My, my whiff of the week. I'm gonna set the scene. We don't have video of this, but um, so the final score between Cal and Cal Poly was three to two. But it probably it should have been six to two Um, in the fifth inning with two runners on. Tiana Bell hits a three run home run. Um, But earlier in the game, Bell was pinch ran for. She was not reentered. Cal Poly caught it. So it turned into an out and no longer a three run home run. Ended up being two outs. Um, They did not score further in that inning. Um, So my whiff of the week is the Cal coaching staff forgetting to um, re-enter Tiana Bell. Um, Luckily, usually the softball gods would say something like that means you're going to lose the game. But they persevered and they and they said, no, 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 It's okay We're still going to come out with a win. But honestly, a huge learning opportunity. And I'm sure there's going to be a million people in their dugout reminding coach Spencer, um, to enter somebody when they, when they head back into the plate, it only happens once before you're scarred forever and, and never let it happen again. So I'm sure it won't happen again, but that is my whiff of the week.
0: Mm, yeah. Such a tough moment. And I was watching that game in person. And actually what was in the running for me for plays of the week was what Cal did right before that they bunted three times in a row. So they, they actually moved runners into scoring position they were down at the time, and then they did back-to-back squeezes that were both successful to score a couple runners, and that's how they got the lead, three to two. And then, to me, I was like, oh, my gosh, just set it up for that three-run bomb. Like, this is exactly your dream as a coach. So I almost was going to say, like, that should be the play of the week from from my end. But then, yeah, that was really tough to watch.
1: Actually, and nothing to take away. Like, we're just, you know, it's what it's all in fun. But um... Of course. Cal is 15 and one. Like I can't remember the last time that Cal has put up this amount of wins um, or especially early in the season. So it's so exciting to see the turnaround that's happening at Cal at you know, Chelsea Spencer is so passionate about Cal. obviously had played there and and loves that program so dearly. So it's so cool to see an alum take over for her program. And, and she obviously loves it and takes it and it's very personal to her. So it's so exciting um, for that program to just this turnaround and and what they've been able to accomplish this year. And I'm happy that the the, um, miss on the not reentering didn't affect their uh, overall record. Oh
0: yeah, because they have, you know, double digit wins consecutively after that. So at least they still got to keep that, that momentum going, but K- Chelsea Spencer was one of the ones that we got to interview this week. I chatted with her. She was our 14th of the weekend, the 24th of the last couple of weeks so interview. Cool. So check that out too, just to hear her thoughts after the game, because you know, just what I can't believe it's three weeks in like what a preseason so far.
1: Oh, it's been so fun to watch. It's been so competitive. Um, such a huge credit to these programs for being so primed early in the year and, and ready to go and ready to compete. Yeah. Wow.
0: Well, in terms of what's next, you know, we only have one or two more weekends of preseason play left before conference is in full swing. Judy Garman's a big tournament at Fullerton coming up this weekend. There are good matchups around the country as well. I've mentioned it earlier, but I'll be broadcasting at Stanford, who hosts Georgia and Boise State, and take a look at our staff picks. Let us know what you think. This, to me, is every single week I have trouble with this um, because it's tough. But let us know your thoughts and what else you want to hear from us.
1: Amazing. I will be at, um, ACC actually starts some conference play this weekend. Um, NC state is playing at Clemson this weekend. So I'm going to pop in there and see a few games, um, and excited to get conference play rolling and see some, some more good softball. We are dialed
0: in this season. I love it. Well, thank you all for joining us. See you next time on D one softball podcast.